0: Welcome to The Artist Notepad, where we talk artistry, we talk life, and we talk your English is so good. I'm Jack. And I'm
1: David. Welcome back to another episode of Tan Artistry. It's been a good minute, but it's it's good to be back. Mm. Today, we're going to be chatting with Karen W. Trang, photographer, videographer, social commentator, and self-diagnosed bubble-wrapped egg. But before we get into it, Jack... How you doing, my friend? How you doing?
0: Yeah, man. I've had a good day. I've been preparing some stuff for um, a retreat that's coming up that I'm going to be attending. I'm helping, um, helping run it. So I've been preparing some, just some, you know, admin stuff, some talkity talkity stuff, and all that kind of stuff. But it's been, it's been responsibilities, quite, responsibilities, all that, all that jazz. It's been very relaxing, um, surprisingly. So nice, nice. So yeah, been doing, yeah. And chill and the weather, man. Like Jack's <laughs> weather report, it's been lit, yes. and that's about as much as I have to say. It's been so good, bro. It's been beautiful. Yeah, man. it's been yeah. really warm. Um, really got me looking forward to summer. I'm wearing shorts and t-shirt, even though the evenings are still a bit chilly. But I'm I'm hanging in there because you know I'm I'm like yeah. What what do they call it? I'm manifesting summer into reality. That's that's the goal. Um, with the clothing mm-hmm. choices that I'm that I'm making, so. Yeah. Enough about me, David. How you been doing?
1: I've been pretty good, man. Um, if I'm honest, I've had like a tiring week, a lot of work to do with uni and stuff like that. But once Sunday came, I my mood just went up. Maybe because I knew the pod episode was coming, but at the same time, Sunday just yeah puts me in a good mood. The sun was out. Mm. Um, one well, interesting thing: they don't call it Sunday week,
0: for nothing.
1: ha 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 ha. I'm sorry. Now, Well, interesting (laughs) thing though, this week for the first time, usually when people try to guess my nationality, they go with like, the first thing is like, oh, Filipino, Vietnamese, Chinese. I've heard those other ones before. But for the first time, Jack, someone said I look like a Native American. Yeah, I heard that one. It kind of put me at a standstill because I was like, oh... Do I say thank you I or can, do, I, crazy thing. do I get pissed I off? I can kind of see it. Like, I can kind of see it. There was like, I didn't share the, I, I put an Instagram poll up and I think it came, came down to like 78% said yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest were like, no, but I don't know if they were just being nice or I don't know. Well, there you go, like, man. I, You're a Native American. Yeah, man. It's a first, but. Yeah, that's a new fun fact about me. I look like a Native American.
0: Cool. Well, as far as I'm aware, our guest today is not a Native American. um, But she does like to explore uh, ethnicity um, and issues about immigration and and racism. Um, But she also likes to explore things surrounding gender and the Mm -hmm. human body and has a lot of interesting things going on in her photography, including... um, an outlet about mental health, which I'm also very intrigued about. But she's coming on to talk to us today. And David, you and I, we've talked to Karen for about five minutes, um, so we don't really know what's gonna yep. what we're gonna get. That's but, about right. <laughs> but we're we're optimistic, um, and we're very excited. So Karen, welcome on to the show.
2: Woo! Hi. Yes. Welcome. Hi everyone. Thank you for inviting me in. How are you doing today? Extremely fattered. Um, you know, just another usual weekend of overthinking. And- <laughs> Just usual the Sunday yeah, evening. Just usual Sunday. Sunday Yeah, just the there's, usual Sunday. There's actually nothing much because like, um, you know, when when you don't really have like uni or work or you still like procrastinate, mm. you just, you know, spend time overthinking instead. <laughs> yeah. That's
0: great. Yep. No, nice. I've, I've had a lot of spare time over this COVID period. Um, and so I can definitely relate to that, t- trying to keep busy, trying to keep the mind productive instead of going off and doing its own thing. <coughs> but you're right, David. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Sorry. No, it's all good. It's just, just, um, just coughing. <laughs> but um, yeah, Karen, we brought you on and we don't actually know much about you at all other than we, David and I looked at your profile when you followed us and we both really, really liked what we saw. So to start off with just with the basics, um, what was it that sort of made you pursue photography? You're clearly someone with, um, who's very creative, has a an artistic, uh, What's the word? Mind Artistic mind There we go David Thank you Um, What was it that led you Towards photography Other than anything else Or was it Was there something else Was it Was photography your first Sort of form of exploration In art Or was there maybe Something else
2: Um, To be frank Photography only came Just because of Social media vanity Mm. Um, Because initially I mean um, My first form of art Was um, just like Drawing Because you know Like I was a bit of a weep so I actually started out with illustration and um, a little bit architecture, okay. but when you sort of like became like a teenager, and then you have like Instagram and Facebook coming mm. out, and you actually see like, oh man, travel posting. Um, remember VSco was a thing? I mean, I think it's still now. What is it? thing? VSco, like the photo editing app.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Initially, it was the thing that triggered the thing about photography, because like I only started right. out with um the iPhone four. Which yeah. does the trick. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just like went off from there.
0: Amazing. Well, that's a very original awesome. story that we, yeah. haven't, we haven't heard anything like that. We've actually, you're actually the first, um, well, you're the first person we've gotten on for photography. We've had other photographers on, but um, mm. yeah, you're the first person we brought on because of your photography. So how did it sort of move from, I guess, a social media kind of expression to more of a artistic expression?
2: Oh uh, yeah. So the thing about photography is that, oh um, uh, well, I did not really think much about it because um, initially I still want to pursue, um, you know, film and production instead of like photography. Mm. But if you're like broke in a budget, photography is like the quickest way for you to do those visual stuff. So it comes mm. down to like even graphic design as well, which was like my initial major when i chose to university but then i sort of like dropped it because it's quite a bit demanding but yeah photography mm-hmm. initially is still like a quick way for you to play around and especially if you know like the editing process on photoshop and Lightroom, that's sort of like you know it's the word of your oyster so mm. yeah
1: mm. are you studying uh photography at uni right now as well or
2: um so Right now, I'm actually in like a different degree now. I am now doing a Master of International Business. Mm, But (laughs) the degree before I come to Master is a Bachelor of um, Media Arts. So basically, um, a Mm. bit like film production, but like on the range of multiple stuff that you can sort of think of. Yeah. So is
0: that where you sort of found out about more advanced um, editing softwares like the Adobe stuff you were mentioning or... Did you already know about that sort of stuff earlier on when you started with the social media um, attack on your, with your photography?
2: Yeah, actually, because like uni was a bit useless when it comes to those technical stuff. Like I have to be frank. Right. Um, well, one thing is that, um, so this whole thing started back in high school. And you know, like when you're in high school, you sort of like, oh man, you have things this and that. And from a bit of background, I'm, so I'm come from Viet. And um, so in Vietnam, we have like a disregard in copyrights so we just pirate shit tons of software. <laughs> 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 that's how we get Because, you know, like, you have to pay thanks, for the software thanks. to work. Mm. Yeah. We just pirate it. So that's why I already have access to those stuff, like, at the age of, like, 15, right, or 16. Right. And just, like, run through it. Um, so when it comes to university, um, I think university only comes in handy about um, how should I think about my work mm. more in depth. Because um, mm. one thing that you need to notice is that... Um, a university is not really like the best place for practical practice, mm. but it's an environment for you to um, more focusing on your academic and just like,
0: the theoretical you know, theories of yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. essentially. Mm. So that's really interesting because I suppose David and I were a little bit ignorant when it comes to photography. Um, we've talked a, to a lot of musicians about this creative process that everyone has. And for photography, I would imagine that it might be a little bit different where you have to have... I, th- I feel like you'd have to have much more of a well-rounded idea before you set out to start a project or a, a, a piece of art. Am I wrong on that? Do you sort of just go out, take a bunch of photos, and um, then be like, oh, that's cool, and then explore the ideas afterwards?
1: Yeah. What's your workflow like, I guess?
2: I was about to poke fun about it, actually. Cause, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so the, the you one that I just posted, like the red one, that looked like a whole demon. Um mm. that went just straight up random. Like I saw like, you know what? In my room I have like four candles and a little bit of strings, mm. I could just like do the whole thing of seminate Satan or something just for fun. And then just like mm. slap meaning into it, which normally is the process. Um right.
1: Right. But
2: the thing about it is, is that um so for photography I I think I have like a lot of aspects of it. So I do from streets, portraits, concepts, and self portraits. Mm. So I guess, like, each of those themes have, like, a different practice of it. So, it's not really universal about the way I work around those stuff.
1: Mm. Yeah. Because I see that you use your... A lot of, like, your... Because, yeah, you're into videography as well. And, like, you you do have a lot of short stuff on your YouTube. And from from just observing, like, your different avenues of social media that you use to express your art, YouTube is more like your your um home home or like um vietnamese um kind of background those type of architecture and people and then um use your main page karen karen trang page to kind of show um people here now that you've moved to yeah portrait stuff and then there's the street lurker which i think flexes a lot of like your use of nice palettes you Mm. like your nice greens and like earth tones yeah and like, um, yeah, just nice aesthetic um, of like, um, what do you call it? Just like architecture as well, yeah, in some ways. Yeah, but I yeah, really like um, the
0: the use of color in this the street lurker um, on the street lurker page. I could tell that you. I, I don't know if this is something that you're consistently doing, but it's very clear in the last two mm. um, two sets of nine photos that. You were, you were sort of doing a themes like with heavy, obviously, as David said, the very nature orient, orientated with the greens in that, that first series with all the trees. And then in the second or the series before that, there was a lot of reds and yeah, more earthy tones and um, a lot of like a very warm, inviting kind of um, theme to it. And it's really interesting how you've captured all those things in such a similar light. I, I don't know if that's a lot of that's coming in the editing process or in the actual capturing process, but is that something where you would set out to achieve it in the, like before, before taking those photos where you're looking for those palettes of colors, or is it once again, you take a bunch of photos and then go, Oh, these ones fit really nicely together.
2: Um, so the thing about street photography is that, um, the things that you guys just seen recently was like, um, a new approach of my process Mm. because um Mm. I tend to travel a lot with my family so that's why the whole photography thing started to happen because I travel like a lot um so before then I also like noticed how like different places would actually have like a different color and like a whole Mm. scene so that's where I actually start to dig into what is the vibe and the color of that Mm. you know whole environment and to bring it out and, um, funny enough, um, the most recent photos, um, like the three panels one, they are mm. all shot in Sydney, but not in different cities. It's just like Sydney, but like being um separated in like a different moods. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, mm. I want to just like despise things up just because like I feel trapped like after being in a place for a while. So that's why it's a little bit mm. of like a fantasy mood bending when it comes to that color play.
0: Mm. Well, it definitely worked. They seem like very distinct locations. Um. I was going to ask, like, because if you are sort of going around as a photographer looking for these sort of things, I know for me, it's completely changed the way that I listen to things after studying audio. For you, do you sort of find that you now, now you've gotten really into photography, you sort of see the world differently? You see it almost from the lens of a camera?
2: Mm. I actually don't. Mm. Um, Because the thing is that... um, there are different types of photographer. Um, when you talk about them, like there are people who would honor of the image and there would be people who would intensely manipulate the image, yeah, yeah. which I am the second type. Right. OK. Because, uh, um, you know, like there are people who are like, oh, no, you should like you don't you don't edit a color. Yeah. You should be honest to what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm just a second. I'm not phoning images. I'm just going to do what I wanted to do. And um most of the time I just like a scene um in its like original form. Mm. But when I look mm. at it like digitally, I'm like, you know what? I can just like make it a little bit better than sure, it. Sure, sure. So, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You can enhance it.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So it's a little bit of yeah. an artificial thing, but you know, I'm mm, just gonna That's
0: interesting.
1: Right. Yeah. Mm. I wanted something I wanted to ask something a bit more specific. Um with the first first thing that we found from you after you following us on our socials was um your latest um short film on titled your english is so good Mm. um at the end of it the last line that you say or the last um few words you say is um, where a stranger always has to prove themselves to be accepted to the point of losing their own color and i think that really struck a chord with me because it's like oh Does this mean um, after you've moved to Australia, there's a sense of um, assimilation almost where you're losing parts of um, Vietnam and home and you're settling into the wide, broader circle of Australia and feeling like you need to um, um, change your tone to fit, to mold in Mm. kind of thing?
2: It's... Yeah, so um, when I wrote that line, it's sort of like what I've been trying to, I don't know, navigate in a sense. Because I'm in the weird position where I'm a bit too westernized if I'm actually back in Viet. But Mm. actually not white in a sense I'm in Australia. Mm. So I have to like bounce around those boundaries. And um, not to say that Australia made me lose my Viet identity. But it's more like it makes me too sort of push it away in a sense because like in the daily interactions i actually surrounded myself with most of australian locals There's like there is almost no vietnamese persons around me at all aside from the food like right. vietnamese food expression is like the only salvation i have with the interaction <laughs> being there. yeah and also visa application because like so whenever mm. i have a job to be like oh only reserved for australians and that's why it took me back to reality oh yeah i'm not from here
1: yeah right yeah. Mm. Because like it's, it's not
2: just a- culturally, I'm sorry But yeah, I just want to add It's just not culturally Even like if you're talking to me right now Just in a note I am actually still an international student mm. Yeah, yeah So, yeah
0: Right When was it that it's you a- first riding- <laughs> Sorry, everyone's interrupting you <laughs> when, when was it that you first came over to Australia? Um, it's
2: 2017 So yeah, first year of uni
0: Okay, and have you been here since? Like living here since? Or have you been... Right, okay
2: Yeah, so I've been here, yeah, for just like purely for a university study.
0: Right, okay. So four
2: years now,
0: yeah. Sorry, David, what were you going (laughs) to say?
1: I was just going to ask about the video again. I was just going to ask, did the writing come before like you shot? Because you must Mm. have... Because like the reason why we've even introduced you as like a social commentator or I was going to say writer is because the... The words that you accompany with your photography and video it goes so well yeah. that like I don't know where it starts does it start with the writing portion or is it is it does it work both ways where you just capture video and then you add the words after or yeah I was I was curious about that too or yeah. specifically for uh My your English video. is so good
2: Um uh, yeah so normally when it comes to um film and video those things tend to be more um intentional because like you know it's not really easy to match up words with images because you want to implement meaning into that. Um yeah. so for that project I did write a little script and setting a scene of like having me and like um, another friend who has to be white to put in a contrast. Yeah and yeah, yeah. Um, what we're filming we also like have a script and then I sort of like put it aside for like quite some time because the words doesn't seem like it actually matches so much. Hmm. So um I sort of like took my time just to sit back and look at the video images again and just to adjust Mm. a little bit more in order to make it to, you know, be more refined in the end. So, yeah. Mm.
0: I found it really beautiful and touching as like, even as someone who obviously has never really had that problem. I mean, the most isolated I've ever been was when I had an English accent when I first arrived in Australia, but I lost it. Really quick, and obviously it wasn't. Yeah, you like, sound
2: Aussie now. Yeah,
0: yeah, and it wasn't like learning a, a language. It was just losing an accent. Um, but still, it just spoke to me on a really emotional level. Um, and yeah, I think it's a really beautiful piece of art that could like evoke a strong emotion in me, as someone who's not really relating to the content necessarily, but still relating to, I guess, relating to you, the person who's making it. I guess that's the person that I'm like. Emotionally connecting with, so for you to to make that um, carry <laughs> for you guys who can't see Karen, she's like pumping her fist right now. It's like yeah, did it, <laughs> yeah, did but it. um, yeah, for for that to carry through on a what like a, is it one and a half minutes? It's quite short. Um, a mm. one and a half minute video. Um, that I was just scrolling past on Instagram, and to be fair, it's just
1: over one minute actually. I don't want to well, overflatter yeah, sorry, you here, going.
0: but I never. So I hate the Instagram. Um, what's it called? The Real? Not is it, is it Reels or is it the IGTV? Really, really, TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I hate TV. the way IGTV. that it sort of cuts off the video at like 10 seconds And I never normally click on it But your first 10 seconds made me click on the rest of the video So that's probably wow. the best compliment that I could give <laughs> Fanning her hard
1: right now Just... <laughs>
2: This is like the most beautiful verse someone ever said to me. It's like, you know, that's the role of the creator. It's like, oh, man, you finally captured someone's attention to your work.
0: Well, that's um, the thing um, these yeah. days. And this is a whole nother conversation. But it's you kind of have to be a mixture between like artistic um, integrity, but also clickbaity a bit. And so, like, if you are posting a one and a half minute video on Instagram, you need your first 10 seconds to be absolute fire if you want people to watch the rest of the video. So... Does does that kind of thought process cross your mind? I mean, normally you're posting f- photos, not videos, but is, I guess, is traction something you think about in your line of work? Or are you just sort of looking at it as this is my expression and if you like it, great, but I'm not going to sort of change it so that you will like it more?
2: I actually hate the way the attention economy, oh, that's another term. Um, but mm. Mm. right now, on social media, we also have the whole thing with like, oh, yeah, you have to um, capture the attention of someone because this takes mm. the amount of time that you have. And even as a user, I don't blame you for just like, you know, not having the time to go through some like the entire thing. Mm. And then you have a chance to see like a 10 seconds. But most of the time, it's just like the one very first impression of a thumbnail. That's actually all you have as a creator for like that minimum window because mm. um, even when it comes to like um, music or yeah photography as well because like I think that's just the reason why I go to photography because of that one instant yeah. Um, yeah. interaction it's just one image just like snapped at you and that's it this What's often your game. first
0: impression, I guess, with photography? Whereas, exactly. Like, whereas, with a lot of other other art forms, normally your impression is shaped over multiple viewings. But with photography, it doesn't change too much. Like, obviously, if it's something really captures you um, from a, a visual like stimulation point, you're going to visually investigate that photo more. But generally, it's the first look. That's all you really get. Mm-mm.
2: Yeah, it's just definitely the first look, and yeah, just to think about the audience. I. I feel like I'm I'm still in the stage of being a bit selfish, but I'm actually trying to open up for like um, an audience more nowadays. Because like um, for one thing that I did not really intend the whole visual arts as like a serious thing, I actually mm-hmm. still don't know how to actually design on it because like the whole you know, artists don't make money Yeah. and that hard conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, I still like, I think I'm a hobbyist. I'm just going to do what I want to do without considering, you know, like reach or over the like, stressful thing about, you know, you know, making the cut.
0: That's nice. Though. Sure. It's a nice place to be in that, like that state of I'm doing this mm. for the passion and for the hobby and nothing else right now. There's nothing like forcing me to make it. I'm just doing it because I love to do it.
2: Yeah. yeah. It got a bit obsessive in a sense, cause I was like, I I think it was like semi serious at this stage, cause like I started to connect it to more creators and artists around me, mm. and I'm like, oh, am I am I amongst those like artists? I don't even consider myself an artist. So even when you guys said, oh, what's your <laughs> artistry? I was a bit taken back. Oh, um I'm like, I think I'm more of a creator. I would I would go that, cause I'm like shit poster and just like content creator time, <laughs> but like artistry. I don't know. It's a bit of a reach, but <laughs> I guess the
0: reason, cause I messaged you, but David and I clearly we were both <laughs> wanting to have you on. It's not like I messaged you behind his back. But, um, <laughs> the reason why I use the word artistry was because when I see someone making, um, any kind of media that has some kind of emotional or political stimulus behind it, to me, that's art straight away. Um, and I think that's, Kind of like the bare bones of art is that any kind of media, whether it's visual, whether it's audio, whether it's both, um, whether it's I don't know, like people would, would, call would
2: f- you say, with that definition, meme creators are also artists?
1: Ooh. <sighs> That's a good
0: question. You've, you've I don't know, you've, you've put me in think- a, a bad spot there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you the
1: answer, you answer, yeah. What do you think?
0: Well, by my definition, yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. but. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Karen just got you there She got me wow. but, mm.
2: There could be yeah, high me- quality meme okay, posting Okay,
0: here's what I say That's technically not original media It's repurposed media um, But then art can also be repurposed media So that doesn't really
2: Nothing yeah. is original at all yeah. Nothing ever is original
0: Alright, you heard it here first Memes are art We've, we've, <laughs> we've defined them Memes that's
1: clickbait art. right there I'm gonna put that in the description
0: <laughs> <laughs> We should just call this episode art. The Art of Memes, memes? And, that, and be done the with it memes,
2: that's, right. that's not wrong Cause like dude My Instagram profile right now is um, Category is full restaurant Because I'm, get it, I'm weird <laughs> <laughs> And I call myself egg Do I think that I take myself seriously? It's actually not
0: Fair enough <laughs> I, I suppose Yeah You know what I'm trying to say Is that when I see your work <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm seeing Not just like an image or not just a video, but thought that goes behind it. Like, yeah. I know that you're saying some of them you kind of just like take a picture and put thought behind it, but regardless, that th- that image is triggering thought in an artistic way. So, like, regardless of which way the process goes around, I still see that as an artistic process. But you can call yourself a creative. You can call yourself whatever you want. But, um, yeah, we uh, – David, what do you think on this? I, I think for me, like um, – that Karen's work fits quite smoothly within the wide realm of artistry.
1: I think so too. Like by by the de- by your definition, yeah, Karen definitely got you there with the meme thing. <laughs> I just find that so funny. But um, yeah, I think when when you whether it be visual, whether it be like um, audio or yeah, anything that you can kind of as a as a creature, as a human being, you watch something and you something that makes you think or feel a certain way I think yeah it's 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 enough to call it art mm. like if it makes you th- start to think about like what why why is this like what's this person trying to convey or what does this say about me when it starts bringing questions to the table I think yeah it's art and there's quite a bit of depth when it comes to Karen um, stuff because there's stuff that you put you put words together that like Mm. you you makes you think like oh i like the sound of that i don't know exactly the the full meaning behind what she's trying to say because like jack before we we started recording jack was reading some of the stuff that you uh accompany with um the photography that you put up on your main page on your instagram but like i think jack read one of the ones with there's one um image that really sticks out there's a guy with like blue ink coming out of his ears oh yeah, and his one. eyes, yeah. or is it nose and nose and eyes? But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so
0: it, that that wasn't the one that I read to you, but um, but I do really like that caption. I, the one that really struck out to me first was there's a picture of a guy. Um, this one's called Eastwood 2019. Um, oh, and yeah, you're discussing masculinity in it, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, and yeah. you've done a, a series on this, which is I haven't checked this one in as much detail as some of the others, but I just wanted to read this because I think it's really beautiful. Um, It's maybe less poetic, but it's still very truthful. Um, And yeah, I'll just read it. Um, This is when we started to get a bit more vulnerable about why this whole theme about gender happened. As a boy, he was expected to be more tough, a bit more stoic. They are all appreciated qualities, but at times they seem to be distant and harsh when the people you cared for asked for warmth. In his memories, these were moments he would want to change, but they would uh, sorry, and be there for his loved ones. I would prefer to keep a story between us because it's best to hear it directly from him. But from that day, I started to realize this project is simply not just about masculinity. This is going to be a project about the male population, a story about how fixated values can could do to a person so deeply that we should start to question why is it still happening? And I thought that like was really beautiful. Um, I was going to ask, Karen, do you do much writing as well? Like obviously you're, you, um, from what we've seen, you have a focus on visual art, but do you do much writing? Maybe stuff that you don't even share necessarily, because you seem to be very comfortable about being quite poetic with your language. And I know you said that, um, I can't remember which one we were talking. Oh yeah, we were talking about uh, your English is so good, but how you felt at times that the words didn't quite match the the media but I agree with David when he said that it seems to really go in tandem so well together so is that something you spend much time on um as well as the visual arts with 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 writing
2: um I never specifically focusing on writing itself um because writing feels so naturally you know like when it comes to visual arts you need to like Take a little this and do a little that mm. but writing for me it's almost like instantly like mm. I don't really put much thought into it like there there were even like some minor grammar mistakes or repetition here and there so I just like vomiting words is how I'm gonna say I just like vomit out of words just like put it out there mm. so I don't really consider myself as a serious writer but I do write a lot and most of the time I write just because I sometimes feel feel like people would need more explanation after an image because that's how they think because you know like i'm actually scared of assumptions like actually scared of it like a lot so that's why like having words to go with this visual sort of like justification in a sense Mm. so that you know people just won't steer away too much from right so you're not a huge fan
0: of people having their own interpretation of your
2: art um it depends. It's more like how much room I leave for them to think about it.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I yeah. get that. I get that. Another question so I had was, um, do you journal? I do. I was wondering whether you journaled because like, it. first of all, you seem like a very reflective person and that's something that I might come back to on a sec. But um, the way you write feels very journal Like the way that you write in accompaniment with your... With your images, it feels very like
1: personal in a sense.
0: Yeah, personal and very reflective. Um, and in your your photography, and you you've sort of hinted on it um, earlier on in the podcast, but you you seem to express a lot of things that are going on with you in terms of your mental health or just inside of you emotionally, mentally. Is it a bit of a release for you to sort of express yourself and what you're going through through your through your art?
2: Yeah, um, actually, that's like the only thing that keeps me sane at this stage. Because mm. um, um, I think I just like recently stumbled upon this tweet where you said about how um, like have people that told um, people who overthink overthinking just get a journal. But which we do have a lot of journals, <laughs> but we need someone to decompress. Yeah. So that's essentially it. Because um, like, yes, I do journal. I, I journal a lot, like all pies of like notebooks for like different stuff it's not enough. It's like it's I don't I don't know. It feels really overwhelmed of like how my brain sort of works. So I I have to like either have to write it down, I have to make something about it. Hmm. I just to rant out to the void of social media or just like nagging my friends like, yo, are you ready for this really uncomfortable and disturbing things because (laughs) I need to decompress So essentially yeah.
0: No, I love it. And I love like that idea of I'm going to make you uncomfortable and like, let's just do this. Like, I love that. Um...
2: Nah, man, it, it, there's <laughs> a fine line about it. Trust me.
0: <laughs> I guess it's not for everyone, but personally, like I, I've seen some pretty disturbing like productions and art and I love like whether it makes me feel good walking out or or not is kind of not the point to me. The point is that I've witnessed a piece of art which has evoked strong emotion with me. And even if that's quite disturbing emotion, it's like, well, that's a very successful piece of art if that has made me feel such a way. And like, maybe this is something that I need to explore if it's disturbed me so much. So I love that idea of like art being provocative at times. And I think that like your art can be provocative in other ways. And this is something I wanted to touch on because you seem to have a bit of an interest in exploring the human body as well, particularly in some of the mm. portraiture that, that you've done yourself. It's in all the images, you're, you seem like it seems like quite vulnerable in the way that you're expressing yourself. Is that something quite intentional or is am I just interpreting it outside of the box that you're going for?
2: <laughs>
0: Get in the box, Jack. Get in the box.
2: <laughs> Get in the box. Um, just Jack. Anyhow, yeah. Um, so for the self-portraits, um, you know what, funny enough, that's like, I would say the most spontaneous thing mm. that I tend to do, because like, um, you know where, what they are in, the, in that and street photography as well, yeah, because like, um, for those news, I sort of like, you know what, I'm in a mood, I want to, I want to strip, but I don't want to make it look cheap, mm. <laughs> make it art. Um, yeah, this so- is
1: Tuesday afternoon, uh, I feel like stripping. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: It literally is like you know what um i'm feeling this body let's just like strip it down mm. and do something with it, but it, it um... it's it's
0: i think you captured that though because it doesn't seem cheap and it doesn't seem um i guess it it doesn't seem erotic it seems like quite a beautiful expression of the body um it doesn't yeah it doesn't come across in that cheap like i'm doing this to show you my body it's like it's it. Ha- I don't know, David. Like maybe you can express what I'm trying to express better. But like, yeah, I'm
2: interested in how se- how dudes interpret a female body because you know we're well, all like straight in here.
0: Maybe I'm strange, but like to me, it depends on how it's presented. And when I see those images, it doesn't come across to me as like um, intentionally sexual. And so I don't see it as sexually explicit material. I see it as. um Oh man, like it is sexual, but not erotic. I think that's I think, what I'm saying. I
1: think I would say I, I would say that it is sexual. There's um, there's a thing about showing just just enough, or like showing a little bit that makes you imagine things and makes you wonder, and that's what I think she does well. Because you talked about one of like you liking the one of the mirror photos where it's just her bum. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, that makes it sound creepy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Look, bodies without being
0: creepy. We all have a bum. Yeah. We, all have we a do bump. have a bum. Right. I admit we all it. Have a You've bum. caught me. I've I have got a, a bum. bum. You have a bum. But I think, David, what you're saying is the way that it's showing just a little bit, like just a glimpse. Um, yeah. Is that what you meant? Like Yeah. Yeah. But I, just to come back to what I was saying before, yeah, I, I think that there's a difference between. Um, sexual material and erotic material, and maybe that's just within my own head and it's not actually the definition of it. I don't really know the, the difference in the definition of the words, but it doesn't seem like sexually provocative. It seems sexually expressive, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, cause um, the conversation about nudity is something I tend to um, talk about a lot too, as a woman. Mm. Because the culture we live in, especially for us Asians, um, we tend to, you know, honor mm. the whole modesty and just mm. like, you know, if you, if someone, if you don't dress nicely, it's on you for being so. Mm. So actually, I, I, I. I The whole nude thing was also like a little bit of like a rebel tendencies to Mm. the whole culture of like victim blaming and um, sexism for us Asians most of the time. Mm. Um, That was something I was scared about when I first doing it actually because before coming to Australia, I was already posting nude, but um, you know nudity still people like "Ah, tits. I saw Karen's tits (laughs) kind of thing though actually that's that's a reaction I tend to receive most of the time from um, my Asian friends strangely enough western audience have like a different perception on how the body works because you know oh, sex is right. still a taboo so it's a little bit more of like a cultural interpretation on how you look at it right and um you know what i am fully aware of that but a work needs to be put in, out there for the conversation, for conversation to flow um cuz the thing about the the nude body is just that um one i actually do partially to preserve the image of how my body looks like mm. because strangely enough even though i'm only 22 but then like i'm aware of like how old this whole thing can become like your skin starts to sag and you actually mm-hmm. have like different motions of what's going to happen and
1: Interesting.
2: yeah and also like second of all like the whole new thing is like um i think a new way for me to approach um different angles of a human because like you know we have like you know portraits of a face like cool so this is how you would shoot a person's face but what about all the limbs what about all the details
0: mm. how do
2: you mm. look at it um do you make it look normal or um do you want to make it look a little bit weirder so that's a little bit more on like a stage of surrealism and other things of like you know bending how you see yourself mm. so, yeah. i
0: actually just realized that you just post one about an hour ago um which is like fitting in with the that's i don't know if you're going to do more but like the the previous two that you've done before um is that shadow all natural because that that's like gorgeous the way that like
2: i know right i'm surprised too
0: it's just like emerging out of the darkness is that all natural shadow or is that done in post
2: i i don't i i haven't reached that level to actually um Stage light like that But yeah um, It's all in Like my room Where I turn off All the lights And only have one light on Just like Pushed on there So yeah That's
0: amazing Those look like They were done in a studio So congratulations (laughs) But yeah
2: It's more like uh, How much control You have over an environment Because one thing is that So you guys are music producers Right Mm. Um, You also know Like how in music production It depends on What sort of like samples you have And like How you record Your analog sounds same thing mm. with photography and visual arts. just like yep. how much control you have over the environment you're creating. So,
0: some mm. it right. Yeah. That's cool. There's a, it's cool. It's you- interesting because, sorry, David, you, you go after this. I've been talking a lot. But it's interesting you bring up that for visuals, there's sort of this kind of back and forth between analog and digital. And I know that some people have a really strong preference between the two. Um, it's the same in audio. And there's this constant back and forth about like, oh, it sounds so digital or like, oh, it's so beautifully and analog and stuff. It's, is it the same kind of like, is the rivalries as, as intense in um, photography or is it just sort of everyone just respects each other and lets them make their decisions? I'm sure that's not the case because it's 2020. But like, is, is that something that you're aware of? Like that you've said that you're big into um, editing in posts, so I'm guessing you might yeah. be more on the digital side of things?
2: I am, um, because one thing is so far us film students, we have this one sentence that might trigger people in a different way. So the sentence is called fix it in post.
0: Yeah,
1: same <laughs> fix with us. It in post. <laughs> <laughs> same as us, yeah.
2: Fix it in pose and especially when, and when it comes to the film process, there's, like, a lot of things for you to fix in pose. like, you know, from, like, the lighting, the audio. So fix it in pose is, like, the most taboo yeah, sentence yeah. you can speak in a film environment. <laughs> um, but I guess when when it comes to, like, the smaller parts of um, audio or image itself, where it just really comprised of, like, different components, I guess we're actually more relaxed in, into that field because, you know, it just, mm. like... That one process to work on, so I guess spend more time in posts shouldn't be like sure. too much of
0: a bad thing. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, David. What were you going to say mm. before? I
1: was just about to ask before before Jack rudely interrupted. Um, That's me. <laughs> That's the artist notepad. <laughs> That's one of his greatest um, talents. But um, what what direction are you trying to go to now? Like, is there is there a main main vision of like where you want to take your art? is your are you trying to do more video stuff now i know i noticed that like if you look at your youtube um you've taken quite a big break from video until just this year or like late last year um will we be seeing more of that and like what's your vision kind of like in terms of uh what you want to share with the world
2: yeah um so about that um there's one thing about the, um, the whole artistry that I mentioned before that um, I'm still in a debate about it, because um, imposter syndrome is, is just something really hard to get by, because mm-hmm. like after a while, when you're doing this work, and when you feel like, "Oh, you know what? my work doesn't feel like it's going anywhere in terms of progress, because like, as an artist, you sort of like want to see your, um, your quality more refined and you know going somewhere. But when it comes to those videos where I have a break, I actually felt stuck of, like, the way I do my videos. Um, because, mm. like, there were only, like, films on a little compact and just, like, um, them being edited back quite, like, roughly on my laptop. That's it. So after I wanted to do it, I got bored. And that's how, like, I jumped into photography just to, you know, find a different development. Mm. But then it's, like, mm. when I reached to a certain level, I started to doubt myself, like, oh, oh. Um, would I be more serious about this uncreated venue? And um, to be honest with you guys, like I, I actually thinking about stopping the whole visual arts thing Like a lot of times, constantly wow. debating whether should I just continue to making things just because I feel like there would be people who I know that'd be better than me in this venue. And that's why i just like been like on the line about it. But when I do, I have to do it. But then at the same time, if I want to do it, I want it to be actually... Serious, because, like, that whole mm. perfectionist tendencies. Mm. Um, so, technically speaking, um, I am more prone into producing at this point. Mm. So that's why I take, like, the whole, like, master of, like, business, just because um, I still want to be involved in creative projects. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I do know my limitations, so I would like to um, facilitate more creatives that, you know, might be um, better in, like, different families than I do. You so say that you've action.
0: got limitations. What what kind of limitations are you referring to?
2: Um, limitations when it comes to the technical aspects of things, actually, because um, like um, that's that's why I say I'm a hobbyist. Just because I don't really have like a full passion to pursue like the gears or like to really dig like digging into like the specific how to make this. Because like all I know right now is just like on the surface level of like a technical thing to um from that medium instead of like exploring more. So that's why. Um. So for instance, like, you know, like you when when you started making music, you can like, you know what, I have this like little middle board and like yard band, we just like slap some beat on it. But after a while, you're sort of like, you know what, this is. This needs to be a little bit more um serious. Like, sure. maybe we should invest in more of, like, the audio equipment or just, like, more of, like, an isolated room. And that's where it takes serious. So, that mm. level of commitment sort of scared me a bit.
0: Right. Yeah. Right. Is that, yeah. sorry, This this might be a bit personal going into this, but, like, is that maybe where that barrier comes for you in terms of, like, saying you're an artist versus saying you're a creative? Is it like almost a fear thing of like identifying in what you're doing?
2: Actually, yeah, it is. It Mm. actually Mm. is.
0: Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, I can only obviously speak on my knowledge of photography, which I'm not going to claim is extensive, but um, (laughs) I I think what you're doing is really interesting. And maybe you're, I I don't know whether you're just talking about the technical, the photography point of things, but... I think that um, you're doing stuff that's politically driven as well. And that's the bit I think that engages me almost as much as how I'm visually engaged by by what you're doing. And I, there, there was something that I wanted to talk to you about there because you've done a series on masculinity. You clearly have some um, strong views about how the female body is portrayed as well. How did sort of... Um, I guess, gender deconstruction come into play in terms of your inspiration for these projects?
2: Well, most of the time it's just that, um, how would I say it? Um, I think in my life, to say the least, that I, I am pretty much defensive of um, how people see me. And especially when you're upbringing, like in Vietnam, it's like a really different place in the Western world. Um, you just hear a lot of warnings and um, stereotypes that doesn't really sit right with you. So initially, yeah. um, as a girl, when I grew up, I have to hear my parents warning about how people would rape me at the age of 10. Mm. And that's already made me aware about how femininity can actually put me at risk. Right. And that also stirred me into like the whole theme of sexuality, where I would be more prone to, um, you know, um, the gays instead of like, um, represented like a heterosexual in a sense. And it sort of expands like, out to like a whole range of things of how people in my life constantly telling me that my identity is going to make me suffer. Mm-hmm. So it actually is like started from then and it's just like slowly just like deconstructing all this um, power structure just through, you know, all of the conversation and the art I make. Yeah.
0: Wow. Right. That's beautiful. Do you feel like... I mean, it's it's horrible and sad, but it's also beautiful the way that you turned that um, that suffering and that trauma into like really beautiful artwork.
2: Yeah. I'm actually glad it worked out. Um uh, yeah it just it it sort of just came because um I don't know like without it um I think I'm 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 not really that articulate when I have to talk to someone about it (laughs) so I guess creative outlet is like the one of like the salvation that I have to actually communicate but like not like so con- confrontational in a sense, mm. like I don't have mm. to address it to someone. Sure, like, yeah, yeah. It only make me for such a long time to meet a therapist to actually directly talk what actually happened mm. in your life. Mm. Mm. So it's like, art is like a little bit of thing, like you beat around and push about it and just like you show it to people, hey, so this is a portion of how I think about yeah, it. Yeah,
0: yeah. So like, <laughs> Interesting. Sorry, David, I interrupted you again. Go for it.
2: I'm just going to have a count whenever Jeff interrupts <laughs> David. <laughs> Hey, you episodes.
1: should listen to the past episodes. We probably can't come up. I am going to like, do uh, like a
2: little drinking game whenever like Jack doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll we'll get um,
0: you'll we'll be be drunk yeah, five minutes we'll in. We'll be passed out, <laughs> out at least after like 10 minutes into episode one. I'm like, calling yeah. it. That's it. The just
2: not bad drinking game.
0: As you yeah. were, David, what, what you got for us? I
1: was just going to ask if like, Putting that out there kind of helped you, because you were you were sharing how you're even you have even considered stopping your, um, I'm going to call it art because I think a lot of people would agree, mm. um, yeah, like you've considered stopping your art, but at the same time, maybe a part of it you continuing is because it's been your only avenue of expression and like non-confrontational expression at that. But <laughs> did do you feel like it? it helps you with with your with the war that's going in your mind? Or does it's a it,
2: bit, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I would say it's a little bit of a love-hate relationship.
1: Mm, um,
2: yeah. So, like, you have, like, a raw material of emotions and you put it as a work. And during that work, you have the whole process of, like, um, from how you have to, uh, how would I say, um, criticize that work that you make because mm. you know it's like a new form of itself and then you have like a new conversation with people about how do you see your work and how are they gonna cur like your work with the artist because mm. you know like the whole distinction like hey would you associate the artist with the work and yeah, you know, yeah how yeah. is it gonna work out that's a different thing but um yeah essentially um i still want to make it because one i need to get it out but two I haven't found the people who actually do the work for me. So that's where producing comes in line. Because yep. producing is when you actually gather people like I have an idea, I'm gonna pitch to you, I'm gonna pay you for this and you're gonna make this for me. Mm, <laughs> so right. that's actually what I'm aiming for at the moment. It's just because like now I haven't found the collaborators to you know, um release it for me, but if I actually can I would.
1: Mm, right. Yeah. That's a boss mentality.
2: <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. But it's, it's sort of like, it, it works out both way when you actually found the people who can also resonate with your work and they also like good with that aspect you expect them to. So you sort of like do the thinking and I would do the crafting. And um, that's actually how I've been collaborating with um, people just like one or two where they really empathize with the feelings that I feel and they're just gonna you know work their own magic when it comes to whether illustration or music and yeah, different aspects of it.
0: Mm. Do you get, like, pretty nervous when approaching someone with, like, an an idea that's clearly very personal to you?
2: I only approach a person when I sure know that they would feel the same way right. that I feel. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. mostly it comes really just, like, personal friends who happen to be a creative as well. Mm. Yeah. Cool.
0: cool. Well, we'll start to wrap this up, Karen, but you've been an amazing guest for us today. And I just want to say- bef- Amazing. Before we wrap up, I just want to say thank you so much for being so vulnerable with us. We've thrown you a couple of tricky questions, but like you've really shared so openly and honestly. And um, I think I speak for David and I both when, which I always do without asking him, but I, I always think I <laughs> speak for David and I both when I say that we're both very grateful for, yeah, the way, <laughs> the way you've gone on and just- yeah, well, as I said, we talked for like five minutes beforehand and this has been one of the, I think for me, and I'm sure for you too, David, <laughs> one of our most enjoyable interviews so far. Um, Thanks for speaking for me, Jack. That's all good, man. <laughs> so doing that.
2: Is he wise yeah. blaming you? I'm going to bring identity politics into this. Oh but. boy,
0: oh boy. Don't gang up on me, guys. <laughs> I'll just interrupt you more. No, David, do you have anything more to say before we before we wrap up and maybe ask that that final question that we always ask?
1: Um, the only question I have that I feel like I haven't asked yet is um are you a dancer as well?
2: I wish I can, but I cannot. So Right.
1: Cause in your on your YouTube there's a, there's a video called Lips, Choreography Lips. Yeah. And I thought that was you. But is no, it, it was, not?
2: Oh, is that racist? Sorry, I'm just gonna jerk around it. Uh, no, it was my friend. <laughs> it
1: was sorry, sorry. I'm I'm glad
0: That's David strange. said it and not me.
1: No, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, but that this is where I, I come in handy. I can ask it and um, I it's not as racist.
2: You <laughs> can take away with it. Um no, um it was my friend. If you watch credit, uh like I think I credit her as like either Balloonia Naomi. But yeah, she's a good friend of mine and she was also right. like the first person that i just poke like hey do you want to like film something because like mm. yeah we've been like good friends just like because she was a dancer and also like an amazing yeah. illustrator as well um so yeah it's it's not me it's not
1: you <laughs> right because <laughs> it was four years ago to be fair it's four years ago maybe you had long hair and this was what i was talking about talking to jack about before we we had you on was like, that's, that's, I'm pretty sure that's her. And then Jack's like, no, nah, I, I don't
2: think so, bro. That's a credit. I,
0: <laughs> I was right. You were wrong. You're racist. There's a
2: credit in there. I literally say films by Karen, but Dancer is someone else. Right. And they put right. it, always read your credit.
0: Come on, David. Yes, yes. So embarrassing. See, this then is why, I do, this is why I always speak for you,
2: David. <laughs> hey,
1: but I bring the fun, fun conversation to. Yes, you do. You know, to be fair.
0: Yes, you do you do do that
1: now you can yes, you, you can ask the final question jack i'll let you speak again. so
0: karen this is our uh, again thank you i've been struggling to get a word in on this podcast far out um <laughs> we've been asking every single artist because we started this around the the time that covid got quite serious and we've been asking every artist that we bring on whether they have any kind of um I guess any lessons they've taken away from this period or any advice for any other artists or just advice for people in general, maybe not even artists, just to do with maximizing their time or just, yeah, just taking care of theirself during this time. Anything you've learned in particular? It's a bit of a tricky question, but... Yeah. Um, any
1: tips and tricks from the artist Karen Trang?
2: I would say that so for COVID, I would just want to say to people that... Believe in what you actually feel, because they're actually valid, and you can feel the stress because it's real, and you need to address what it is and do something about it instead of pushing the normal. That's all I wanna say.
1: Mm. Mm. But I'm not a poet.
0: I'm not a poet.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's it's gotta be. But but, it
0: just comes to me.
2: I mean, this is more like a more philosophical take about.
0: No, that I was—I was, I was yeah. only teasing. That was really beautiful. Yeah, Thank yeah, you yeah. for that. Um, sorry, sorry. Very harsh response.
2: Very
1: rude of
0: us.
2: That's right. Um, yeah, probably it because like COVID is—I um, don't know. I mean, I'm I'm already pretty depressed for like a long time, so it doesn't really affect me much actually. <laughs> Yeah. but I'm just more worried about how people have to adjust to this new kind of like trauma but they did not really mm-hmm. anticipate it so for someone who's been handling negative emotions for such a long time just admit what you're feeling yeah
1: i got one one more question and this is for my younger sister and I ask this because you look like you're rocking it well but what would you say to someone who's considering shaving their head
2: oh how are you gonna say it? Um well if you're gonna shave your head for one, you will love how your hair would dry instantly. Mm.
0: Oh, ooh. I can second that. tips. Mine mine's like the long I've worked this out. This is the longest my hair has been in like eighteen months. <laughs> like and it's still short, but I've been shaving my head for a long time now, and so I can absolutely attest to that. If you want a convenient haircut, guys, it's the way to go.
2: Exactly. And it's like the least for maintenance as well.
0: Yep. No bad and hair.
2: It, yeah. Because like my hair used to shed like a dog. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and now no more hair shedding. Because especially for girls, you know, I have like long hair. You have like little strains on the floor mm. and all that. Yeah. None of that anymore. I feel
0: you, girl. I feel you.
2: <laughs> David's got <laughs> the
0: longest hair out of all of us. So what about that? <laughs> Talk about deconstructing gender norms. There we go. Making a difference one <laughs> podcast wow. at a time. <laughs> wow, changing the world with our podcast, Jack. <laughs> All right, David. Um, you got anything more to say? Cause you know, you've said so much and I've just far out and you just wouldn't shut yeah, up sorry, this, this episode.
1: <laughs> no, nah, um last last thing is just like um give us give us or oh, this is your time to plug Karen. So like mm. where can people find you? Um any sneak peek previews on like um, yeah. things that you'll be dropping.
0: Um, Tan exclusive stuff. Anything interesting yeah. you're working on? Um, you said you were planning on, on a, some kind of shoot.
2: Yes. Um, I actually want to invite you guys if um, um both of you are interested. Absolutely. Um, so the next project I'm going to go for, it's called Flavors We Share. A little bit mini um documentary about um, the immigrant kids of Sydney. So, um, mm. it's gonna hit a little bit about, um, culture, but mm. we're going to focus a little bit from food cause you know, um, the ways to the heart is food. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Um, yeah. And, uh, it's going to be a little fun community thing that I want, um, more stories to be represented. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm just gonna keep it posted on my Instagram as KarenWJ. Nice.
0: Amazing. And so what, Let's where see. can they find you on Instagram and your other platforms?
2: Um, it's actually Karen W. Train and literally everything that you can Google me.
0: Awesome, nice and easy, and that's on exactly. Instagram, YouTube, anywhere else.
2: Just Google Karen W. Train, <laughs> and, and that's it. Look, I worked <laughs> this branding for years, man.
1: <laughs> for years.
2: For years. Amazing. <laughs> exactly. Well,
0: Karen, once again, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a really amazing chat. Um, thank you for being so honest and vulnerable. And yeah, it's been. I've had such a good time, David. What about you?
1: I had a swell time, buddy. I didn't want to speak for time. you this
0: time, you know. I, I thought I let you thank get you. a word in.
1: Thank you. Thanks for that.
0: You better thank me.
1: Like you just gotta. Like, this is something you just gotta understand about Jack. When you get super excited, he'll just keep talking. So you could tell how excited he was today. You know,
2: you are you've been like a good one. Just been so chill about it. Like that's so rude of you, Jack.
1: But <laughs> Don't worry, after the podcast I'm going to call you off of it <laughs> Hey, hey, I, I, I understand this guy We've been doing this for, for a minute now He's so. just come to accept so that
0: I'm going to interrupt him And there's just nothing more to it That's, that's how it is
2: <laughs> I call it first Tan drinking game
0: <laughs> It's a great idea And we will organize it at some point Whenever we want to <laughs> pass out from alcohol But until that point Karen, thank you so much for coming on the show We really appreciate it um yeah, I think that's all, David. Yep.
1: Thanks for listening to another episode of the Artist Notepad. We'll catch you guys next episode. Peace. 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 Say peace. Say peace. Karen, say Karen, peace. Karen, 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 say peace.
2: Peace.
1: The
0: end.